1: Hello to all of you, Foxborough faithful, and thank you once again for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage and also your first listen each and every day. Remember, Locked on Patriots is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So smash that subscribe button, download subscribe to follow to make sure that you get the latest episode of Locked On Patriots as soon as it's available. And folks, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKED ON NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And, Pats fans, thank you for joining us here today on this Wednesday episode of Locked On Patriots. And here today is my Patriots, Pison, and a columnist extraordinaire at Patsfans.com, along with being the co host of another amazing podcast, Patriots Fourth and Two. My good friend, Steve Balistrieri, joins me. Welcome back to the pod, my friend. Thanks so much for joining me here on this Wednesday evening.
0: Yes, uh, thank you for your patience. Uh, As as we talked offline, I was a little tied up until uh, now, as people can see. I'm sitting in here in the dark, so (laughs) usually (laughs) it's a a mid-afternoon type of time. But uh, thank you, and it's always a pleasure, my friend.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, watching you right now, Steve, I'm getting Bane vibes, you know. You merely adopted the dark. I was born <laughs> in it. Um, but all kidding aside, my friend, it's great to have you here, and especially on today's episode, because not only are we going to talk about the impact of the numerous injuries that the Patriots have had to endure, folks, we're also going to provide our grades on Patriots Chiefs, helping us transition from the Pats 27-17 to 17 loss to the Chiefs on Sunday, and then bringing us into an 8:15 Christmas Eve matchup this Sunday, New England Patriots and the Denver Broncos at Empower Field in Mile High. We're going to get to the Broncos in due time here this week, folks. But before we move on, Stephen, before we take our leave of the Kansas City Chiefs, the New England Patriots have a series of some high-profile players that are going to be on the shelf or could be on the shelf for the New England Patriots as they head into the final three games of the 2023 season. Obviously the most notable, Cole Strange injuring his knee early in the second quarter of Sunday's matchup, taken off on a cart, didn't look good when it happened. We all knew that that was probably going to be the outcome. He is ruled out for the remainder of the season. Antonio Mafi now is probably going to be the guy to come in. He struggled a little bit on Sunday against A Chiefs front that loves to blitz, and anytime you have to align near Chris Jones, you know you're going to have difficulties. I think Antonio did the best he could under the circumstances, but that's definitely a spot for concern for New England. Cornerback's got to be another one. Jesse Jackson out for the year for personal illness. That's going to be a problem replacing him. We saw Alex Austin come in, and he struggled. Steve, when you look at the rash of injuries that the Patriots have had, which one of these, or maybe one I haven't mentioned yet, do you believe is going to be the most impactful to this team as they play the final here in twenty twenty-three?
0: Well, I, I think they're the the ones that you mentioned are significant because they've had issues on the offensive line all year. And as Bill mm-hmm. Belichick said, you know, Cole Strange was playing the best football of his career, right? Uh up until he was hurt, you know, against the Chiefs. And, you know, you saw him starting to finally you know uh put some good snaps and you know significant ones together Mm -hmm. um jc jackson you know the the uh the cornerback room has been decimated by injuries and you know they got rid of jack jones and now you know he's out for the remainder of the season alex austin he struggled a little bit, but he really didn't know he was even going to start until just before Very the game. Point. Yeah. And they made Sean Wade inactive because they expected J.C. to be available. So, But that's still, I mean, between Sean Wade and Alex Austin, you can expect teams to test them on that side. Hmm. But I think the most significant one, and we don't really know how significant it is yet, is Hunter Henry.
1: Absolutely. Very, very good point, especially with the Patriots issuing their first injury report of week 16 with the Broncos matchup coming up. Hunter Henry not on the practice field on Wednesday, folks. That could be a concern for the New England Patriots moving forward. Hunter obviously is your best tight end right now. He came off a very good game against the Chiefs. He has been one of your focal points and really developing a nice synergy, I think, with Bailey Zappi. If he's going to be out for this game more for an extended period of time, and by extended, I mean the final three games of the season, folks, <laughs> you're looking at Mike Gasecki you're looking at Farrow Brown. Uh, they're going to have to really, I think, get inventive because Farrow has been more of a blocker than anything else. He may be called upon now to be a more uh, robust uh, contributor to that passing game. And if that's the case, Gasecki probably takes a spot as tight end one. It's not an unfamiliar spot for him, but he hasn't exactly lived up to expectations, Steve. Um, Do you see this as potentially problematic, especially with a young quarterback like Bailey Zabby relying on Hunter to be that security blanket? Oh,
0: absolutely. Um, You know, when you look at it, Hunter Henry, the past couple of weeks, has been, you know, their go-to guy. You know, he's hit the end zone two weeks in a row. He actually should have had two touchdowns. Uh, against the Chiefs, uh, it, the second one was wiped out by a penalty. But, you know, both times the passes in the end zone were very good. They were on time, on target, great throws and great catches. And that's the thing. I mean, uh, you know, with a a team that is as past challenged as the Patriots are, they can't afford to lose Hunter Henry. Right. And so I think it's significant.
1: Yeah, it truly is, and not only for what he brings on the field, uh, for everything that he does in the locker room, for all the leadership that he provides on the sidelines, and on the field as well, folks. Hunter Henry was named team captain for this year for that very reason. He's someone that those guys, especially the younger players, look to for guidance, for support, especially Bailey Zappi. Um, I know Hunter has been well-established as being very close to Mac Jones but he has developed a nice working relationship with Bailey. And for better or for worse, whether you agree with it or whether you don't, folks, Bailey is the starter, and most likely that's going to remain the case. So if you're taking away his top target and the guy he's most comfortable finding when he's under duress, yeah, that could mean problems. And especially if you're trying to develop Bailey into either a top-level backup for next year or if you're trying to develop him and see really what's under the hood when it comes to Bailey Zappi, You don't want to start taking away targets. You want to give him the opportunity to showcase what he can do. So not just this year, folks, but down the line implications to these injuries. And again, I think you hit the nail right on the head when it comes to the secondary as well, Steve. Um, Sean Wade now is going to be called upon to play a bigger role in that secondary. Alex Austin, Jonathan Jones, obviously is the elder Statesman back there, but he's been banged up. He hobbled along and barely got through the game on Sunday as well. So, When you look at all of this right now, the Patriots just completely decimated by injury. And let's not forget Connor McDermott out with a head injury. I don't expect him to play uh, this Sunday. We don't know what his status is going to be beyond that. Um, You're already looking at a guy like Trent Brown who's banged up a little bit. Cole Strange is out. That left side right now is very vulnerable with Antonio Mafia and Vidarian Lowe possibly being the two guys that you really have to rely on for long chunks of time in that offensive line. And it's been a problematic area for the Pats.
0: Absolutely. Hopefully they can get Trent Brown back this week. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think losing Cole Strange, like we said, I mean, he was really starting to put things together. Mm-hmm. He had some solid performances the last few weeks. And, right, you know, as evidenced by Bill, Bill said it himself.
1: So... Yeah. It's a big loss. It truly is. And these losses, folks, are only going to compound the Patriots' problems of trying to showcase what they might be able to build on for 2024. Of course, you can't build unless you know exactly where you've been. And that's been the Patriots' Achilles' heel, especially putting together two halves of complementary football. They didn't do that on Sunday, and that's the reason why they bowed to the Kansas City Chiefs 27 to 17. Steve and I are going to provide our grades for this matchup and why Bailey Zappi and this offense may be in Daniel Simpson Day territory. I'm going to explain what I mean by that in just a moment when this episode of the Locked On Patriots Podcast continues, a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On listeners, football season is here and there is no better time to use Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. In fact, they're the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of those other players, including the pros and the sharks out there, you pick more than or less than on a two to six player stat projection and watch the winnings roll in. Prize picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. And listen up, folks, you are going to love this. With the prize picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. And that's for football games and for basketball games. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, That player is rebooted, and PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. And if you're a Patriots fan and you're looking at that injured reserve list in New England, you know all about the need for injury insurance. So don't delay. Do it today. Go to prizepickscom slash LockedOnNFL and use the code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's a first deposit match up to $100 by going to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code locked on NFL. That's L O C K E D O N NFL prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. Patriots fans. Thank you once again for joining us here today on locked on Patriots. First, don't forget. We are a proud part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. And here I am today, joined by my good friend, my Patriots Pison, our Pats professor, if you will, each and every midweek show, my good friend, Steve Balistrieri of Patsfans.com. And Steve, in the previous segment, we talked a lot about the impact of injuries on this team. And I'm not making excuses. None of us are making excuses for the way the Patriots have played. But you look at the laundry list of injuries this team has had to endure. It's had an impact, and it definitely has hurt this team and their chances for being better than simply a 3-11 club. But one of the things that you have to put on the shoulders of everybody, whether they're injured, whether they're not, all the healthy players that are out there on the field, is stringing together consistent effort. And the defense has been able to do it at times, more often than not. The offense, not so much especially since Bailey Zappi has taken the reins. You're seeing the Patriots come out aggressive. You're seeing the Patriots come out cohesive. They're moving the ball. Pass catchers are making plays. The quarterback is making plays. They're finding the end zone. The second half comes in, and all of a sudden, it becomes... A difficulty; It becomes a, a disappearing act. Uh, I've heard the tale of two halves, the tale of two zappies. Uh, Murph and I talked about all the colloquialisms that are coming out uh, with how you describe the New England Patriots. But because of that, because the offense is not putting together a complete performance, they're kind of channeling their inner D-Day from Animal House. Yeah, that's right, folks. Daniel Simpson Day has no grade point average. All courses incomplete. These New England Patriots on the offensive side of the football are really doing just that. They're turning in an incomplete report. Steve, when you look at this offense from top to bottom, who is the most egregious offender when it comes to incomplete performance? And how is it affecting all of the different units that comprise this offense?
0: Well, first of all, uh, I love your mention of D-Day. And if I had (laughs) known you were going to mention that, I'd have practiced playing the William Tell overture on my throat but that
1: would have been great.
0: <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, you know, uh, uh, we we didn't talk enough prior to it. I you know, when it comes to the most egregious, I have to go with Bill O'Brien. Mm. Because the play calling is so it's aggressive yep. in the first half. And you know, you see they're not a juggernaut by any means mm-hmm. offensively. Right. But they, they're an NFL-capable offense. When they're aggressive, they they can move the ball. They've showed they can move the ball just about against anybody. The second half, for some reason, they get, like, completely gun-shy. And, you know, they, they want to, instead of attacking, they want to nibble. And, you know, the aggressiveness goes right out the window. Now, this week, I get it. The injury started to mount up. But you still, you're still in a football game. And, you know, I thought even after the Chiefs had taken the lead in the first half and they went right down and scored a, a field goal, the Patriots held them to a field goal the start of the second half, it was still a seven-point game. They're right in this. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and then they throw that ill-timed interception. And after that, it was just like – we weren't looking at the same offense. Now, you know, um, Zappy should know better. It was first down. He didn't need to throw that. But I, I look at the big picture the last few weeks against the Steelers and against the Chiefs, and it doesn't look like the same offense in the second half. And I, I think it
1: stems from the play calling. Yeah, that's a good point. And I don't think enough people are making that point, Steve, to be honest with you. The first thing everyone looks at, myself included, is Bailey Zappi, the turning up of the pressure in the second half. You saw Pittsburgh do it. You saw Kansas City do it. Um, He's having difficulty making his reads pre-snap and post-snap and identifying. And, um, you know, his processing time needs to be a little bit faster. I mentioned these things on yesterday's show with Murphy. And it's led to that notable drop-off in production, especially on Sunday. We saw that ill-advised throw. Willie Gay takes that one back. And all of a sudden, it kills some momentum that you might be building in the second half, but the play calling has been suspect. It's been very conservative. Um, Fourth and three down 17 is getting a lot of people to question whether or not Bill Belichick is, you know, putting his team in peril by doing that, you know, whether or not he's quitting on his team uh, by not having the faith. I'm not going to go that level. I don't believe Bill Belichick is quitting on his team. I think that is a ridiculous take for lack of a better term, but I understand why people might be frustrated with it. I think that type of performance can be charged as much to the O-line, as much to the play calling as it is the quarterback. It really looked like a perfect storm of things going wrong on Sunday, my friend.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that because, you know, um, you know, I, I think teams can smell blood in the water, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the – uh, the Chiefs go up by seven. They throw that interception, return to the seven-yard line. Now all of a sudden they're up by fourteen, mm-hmm. and they're not—they're not waiting for anything. They're pinning their ears back, and they're going to force Zappy to beat them. And you know it's like that snowball effect. Well, then the play calling knows that they're going to come, so they they get conservative and it just snowballs and snowballs until, you know, then the ball game is basically over, you know? So it's, it's one of those things that, and, and again, um, I I didn't think Zappi was bad in the second half, but he wasn't the same guy from the first half. Right. And, you know, part of that was himself with that, terrible interception but i think part of it was the play call and you know the pass protection it's been like that all season i mean mac lived through that and you know it it ended up really hurting his confidence Mm -hmm. and i think if zappy if they continue like this for the last three games i think it's going to hurt his confidence
1: as well yeah. We talked about this to open the show today, Steve. That can definitely have an impact on a young quarterback. You want to be very careful that you're not ruining this kid's confidence going into next year. We saw what it did to Mac. Mac looked extremely defeated at times this year. and It's because he didn't have the confidence in his ability to get the job done. Some of that was Mac's fault, folks. I am not absolving Mac Jones from his sins this year but some of it was because of the circumstances he found himself in. And for that, I do feel for the kid, because that's something that you can't control that unfortunately um, can have an impact on your performance. And it leads to problems like we saw this year for the New England Patriots. So hopefully The Pats will be able to clean this up a little bit with Denver coming in. They've had their defensive troubles throughout the year. Maybe this is something that the Patriots can find a little bit of rhythm and maybe get something going here. Steve, if we're handing out our final report card, which unit along the offense, which positional group made the grade, which one was top rated and which one uh, was more like John Wiltarski here?
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, um, I'll just go down the, the line really quick. I gave Zappi a C because I mm-hmm. thought he was a stud in the first half, but then he kind of face planted in the second half, which we've been talking about six to 12, but just 39 yards and a pick. So, uh, you know, but his first half more than made up for that. Right. The, uh, the running backs again, C minus. I thought Ezekiel Elliott had nowhere to run, you know, um, he only had 25 yards on 11 carries. But, you know, I thought, uh, you know, um, Kevin Harris comes in, spells Zeke, had a terrific 18-yard touchdown run. I, I love right. that. Wide receivers, a C. Um, you know, um, Devontae Parker was the leading wide receiver, five catches for 44 yards. That's not great. Mm. But I, th- I gave the tight ends a B B-plus because I All thought right. Hunter Henry – Really uh, looked good in this game. He had uh, he was targeted nine times. He had seven catches for sixty six and a touchdown, and he had the other one that was wiped out. Offensive line had a D. Yeah,
1: and unfortunately, folks, some of that was to do with injuries. You have to say that that yeah. played a significant role. But the issues in pass protection and the inability for the Patriots to contain those blitzing defenders that was their biggest problem, I think, in Week fifteen. So. Not a great day for the offense without question, but the defense did help the curve a little bit. And Steve and I are going to discuss our grades on the defensive performance, who stood out and who still needs to make the grade here in order to make this a complete performance for 2023. We're going to discuss our defensive grades in just a moment when this episode of the On Patriots podcast continues, a proud part of the On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on listeners, we've all been there. You want tickets to the big game or your favorite musical artist, and you just can't find an easy and affordable way to do it? Well, you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and the easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy and theater and events near you. And game time's all-in prices show your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without any hidden fees. They're actually obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. And that includes zone deals, where you pick the section and GameTime picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or roll for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, so again, create an account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Bats fans, thank you once again for joining us here today on Locked On Patriots. This Wednesday evening episode of Locked On Patriots, Don't forget, Crossover Thursday coming at you Thursday afternoon. Myself, crossing the streams with my good friend and colleague, Sarah Bettinger, the co-host of Locked On Broncos. Sarah is one of the best in the business. He and Cody Rourke over at Locked On Broncos put on an amazing show. Make sure you check out the work they're doing this week, folks. Boots on the ground, inside coverage you'll find only here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And, of course, you can catch myself and Sarah crossing the streams right here on Locked On Patriots tomorrow as part of Crossover Thursday. But here today on this Wednesday evening, I am joined by my good friend, my Patriots paisan, the Patriots professor here on Locked On Patriots, my good friend Steve Balistrieri of patsfans.com. And Steve, we've already given our grades, or I should say you've given your grades, on the Patriots' offensive performance. But on defense, this team, I think, had a very good perhaps even a standout performance by certain guys. I mentioned this with Murph yesterday, 27 points. A lot of people are probably looking at that and going, that's not a great defensive effort. But against this Chiefs team, with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and their ability to be explosive, considering everything that was going on around them, I think this defense performed pretty well. Before we get into your overall grades for the units, who stood out to you as the marquee players on defense against the Chiefs on Sunday, I think it has to start
0: with Christian Barmore. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he's been, you know, steadily, you know, pushing the the needle up every week. He's getting better and better. I thought he was outstanding in this game. He was. Uh, I mean, he was bringing pressure on Mahomes up the middle. Uh, he was helping with stuff the run. Um, I mean, Barmore had six tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss, two quarterback hits. Mm. You know, he had a couple of run stuffs as well. I mean, I just thought he was absolutely outstanding, and and I thought the defensive line as a whole was. They held the Chiefs to just 43 yards rushing on 20 carries, 2.2 yards per carry. I mean, the defensive line. I would, you know, I'll admit. And when the season started, I was a little leery about the Patriots run defense. Mm. I'm not anymore. These yeah. guys have been proving it week after week. But I, I think the big one has to be Barmore. Yeah. Um definitely. I mean, I, I just look at you know the way the defense played, and yeah, they did give up 27 points, but you got to remember seven of those Mahomes had only go seven yards. Right. Um uh, you know, if if they don't throw that interception, they ho- they're holding Mahomes to twenty points. And I think if if you had told people that, you know, uh, on Saturday they would have jumped at that. And yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I you know I think the defense did a great job. And you know, in the passing game, you know, to limit Travis Kelsey to just five catches for twenty eight yards. Mm. I think, you know, they did a great job there. The other guy that stood out to me um, was Marte Mapu because mm-hmm. I've been so wanting to watch this guy play linebacker, right? Mm-hmm. I, you know, because I, I believe he yeah, would be most him. effective as a linebacker, and I just loved what he brought to the table on on Sunday with the interception, and, you know, he just – That's what I've been waiting to see. You know I love linebacker play, and when I saw that, as you can imagine, uh, even though they were losing, there was joy in the Balistrieri household.
1: (laughs) As there should be. I think there were joy in a lot of Patriots fans' households when they saw that. First of all, what you saw from Marte Mapu, his football intelligence, his IQ – And his ability to find the football anywhere on the field, to draw Mahomes in and bait him into making that throw really was something that his textbook, you want your linebackers, your hybrid linebacker safety combination players to be able to do that. And it also showed his strength and his aggression uh, because he just went and snatched the ball and really took it away and made the play his own. And when you see a young player doing that and coming into his own, it's really a beautiful thing. Murph and I talked a lot about Marte here on yesterday's show. I give him a definite tip of the cap, probably a double tip of the cap to Christian Barmore because he did an amazing job. I want to give a little love to the linebacker core as well. The defensive line has been phenomenal uh, when it comes to stopping the run. And guys like Devon Godchow and Lawrence Guy deserve so much. But Anthony Jennings, once again, Five tackles, led all linebackers with five tackles. Jelani Tavai, three tackles. He had the interception. Um, Juwan Bentley continues to be in the right place at the right time at all times. He logged three tackles. And Mac Wilson continuing to demonstrate why I think he's one of the most improved Patriots from last season. Sideline to sideline speed and then drawing a beat on Patrick Mahomes and able to get that big sack in the fourth quarter. That was something that I think he deserves a lot of credit for as well. So linebacker play some of the highest marks in my opinion, my friend. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I I had the um, the off uh, defensive line, excuse me, as an A because mm-hmm. what they did against the running game, and that's you know that's what you want from your big guys, right? They want to make. It sounds strange to say this, but they want to make Patrick Mahomes beat them only. Right. Right. Because if if the running game is going and then it opens up the entire playbook to Andy Reid. But when you're stuffing the run as they did now, they're one dimensional. And yes, it's going to be very tough. And I thought Patrick Mahomes was the difference in this game. But, it, you know, when you see what they did with Kelsey, then, you know, I think. The front seven performed magnificently. I gave the uh, defensive line an A, linebackers a B-plus, and the secondary, which we'll get to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Kind of brings us full circle, my friend, into your grade sheet. So you've talked about the offense. Now now I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Defensively, how would you grade the individual units for their performance on Sunday against the defending champs?
0: Right. Uh, Linebackers, B-plus, defensive line a Secondary is C, um, and again, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, they gave up some some big chunk plays. You know, Rasheed Rice had I thought an excellent game. He, he caught nine passes for ninety-one yards. But you know, in the game plan, that's what they wanted. They wanted Mahomes to have to go to Rice to beat them. Now, unfortunately. They couldn't stop Rice. Uh, so, you know, if Jackson had been able to play, maybe we're looking at a different scenario.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, you know, the uh, the the key, I thought, was, you know, stopping the run and taking Kelsey out of the equation. And they did that. And mm-hmm. they had some great plays as well. Duggar and Miles Bryant had breakups in the end zone.
1: They did.
0: And, you know, I, I thought it wasn't a bad game, even for the secondary. Yeah, they had. You know, they had some penalties that hurt. They had they gave up some big chunk plays. Justin Watson and I think Noah Gray each had one for over thirty yards. But uh, you know, it wasn't a bad performance by any means. It just it they fell short, and you know, uh, I think the Jackson situation had a lot to do with that.
1: Yeah, it definitely did. When you take someone like a JC Jackson, a prominent ball hawking corner, someone with the experience, the athleticism, and the savvy at his position to be able to play at a high level, it does put you at a disadvantage. And obviously, folks, the main thing and the most important thing is JC's health, his well-being. We here at Locked On Patriots, I know Steve joins me as well, wishing JC all the very best in what we hope is a full and complete recovery. Steve, it's always an honor, always a pleasure to have you join me here on the microphone. Folks, the grades are in. The professor has spoken. <laughs> Do you agree with our marks for this week? Do you think we were a little harsh? Do you think we were a little too lenient? We'd love to hear your feedback, so please drop us a line in the comments section below on YouTube or reach out to me at on X. or in just a moment, I'm going to let you know how you can reach out to Steve, who once again provides stellar phenomenal coverage for patsfans.com as well as check out he and derek havens on patriots fourth and two but what can i say please let everyone know where they can reach out to you interact with you and what we can look forward to in terms of pats broncos coverage coming up this week from the great pen and voice of steve balustrieri well as
0: always my friend i i i love talking football with you i wish we could do it in person Uh, that's one of the things i do miss uh, but uh, you can find me at patsfans.com. I write for them. Uh, I've been with them for a dozen years now. And uh, you can find me on Twitter or X, whatever they call it these days, at Steve B7SFG. And then we'll, we'll be looking at the Broncos game. And, you know, Denver is kind of like that Miami, mm. you know, away game where the Patriots have traditionally saved some of their worst football. Uh, you know, even during the Brady years. <laughs> yep. When they when they go to Denver. So maybe, you know, where they're in a down year, maybe the script will flip and they'll save their best football for mile high and uh, you know, throw a monkey wrench into uh Sean Payton's
1: playoff aspirations. It would be nice, wouldn't it, my friend? I think everyone would love that. Uh Sarah and I have been talking a little bit leading up to our crossover tomorrow. And that is one of the things that uh we constantly talk about is uh the Denver Broncos and Mile High being the Patriots' kryptonite, along with oh. South Beach in Miami. So those two areas have always given the Patriots some fits, but who knows, folks? Maybe we can finally reverse the trend in New England. So don't forget to check out our crossover here tomorrow for more on the Broncos. But, Steve, what can I say? I thank you for all of your contributions to Locked On Patriots. Always an honor, always a privilege, and thank you for being a very valued part of this family here on Locked On, and folks, we thank you, each and every one of you, all you everydayers out there, all of you casual listeners, and all of you first-timers for joining us here today on Locked On Patriots and making us a part of your New England Patriots coverage. On behalf of my good friend, Steve Balistrieri of PatsFans.com, I'm Mike DeBate, reminding you to stay safe and to stay well and to be the change you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you back here again tomorrow for Crossover Thursday on Locked on Patriots.